Also, I'm going to go grab my food. So <laughs> I feel like we're all like trying to like eat and podcast. Look, guys, it's a rough life. We do this for free in our, in our free hours. So we're doing our best. All right. Welcome back to Escaping Reality, the podcast where four friends get together and talk about... I almost said social media. We talk about reality TV. That's what we talk about. But sometimes, you know, TikTok is thrown in there as well. The circle is social media. So, okay, I was right. I was right. But today we're talking about Survivor Season 41, Episode 2. Before we get into it, make sure you are subscribed and that you've given us a rating or a review if you really love us. And if you like our show, be sure to tell your friends. We have a lot of new episodes <laughs> coming out. So just, you know, have your little notification bell going and you'll just get all of them. But if you want your thoughts featured on the podcast, you can email us at escapingrealitypodcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Twitter or Instagram with a few sentences about your feelings on a particular show or season or topic. For our segment, the fans have spoken, and we will discuss them in an episode. All right, so let's get into Survivor Season 41, Episode 2. We're going to start with our one-minute thoughts, and then since we didn't get to some fans have spoken uh, last week, we'll do some today. Aggie, I'm going to let you start with your one-minute thoughts. Me? Stop it. Am I the main character? I don't think I'm the drama. No, I'm straight up not. Anyway, so my biggest takeaway after watching this episode is I really think the editors are taking Jeff's it's going to be a fast-paced game and applying that to the editing of the show in a way that I actually very much like. I don't feel like I'm wasting time. It didn't feel like 45 minutes. Sometimes in the old seasons when it was 45 minutes, you're like, this episode is literally never ending. And maybe it's because they do like one camp at a time. It was like Ua, Luvu, Yasa. You saw what was going on at camp, what was going on with their alliances. And it wasn't like switching back and forth where it just felt like you were at camp for ages. The challenge, like you spent a significant amount of time on the challenge. I don't know. It felt like the pacing was right. So I don't know who to talk to about that, but like, congratulations to whoever at the editing team is doing the editing. You are on fire, sir, madam, or they. I think for me, I was more like, wow, the cinematography is beautiful and the pacing is lovely. I felt like it also was a really good building episode. I don't think there was a ton that happened that was like groundbreaking or like, oh, wow, I think this is going to be super duper important minus maybe what happened with Xander, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But for me, it just felt like this is a strong, like, okay, we're building where this season is going. But my biggest takeaway was editing and cinematography, not so much content of the episode, but I'm excited and I'm fired up. Like, let's go fam. Let's go. All right. Anna, what are your thoughts? I'm so happy that I'm next. And Aggie, I'm so happy that you also were like, my takeaway was not the content, but it was the way we were shown it. Because I also, literally my first initial thoughts as I was watching the episode in the first few minutes kind of correlate with my overall thoughts after the end of the episode, which is also having to do with the editing. While I agree with you that the pacing, I think, was such that it felt really engaging. I don't feel like we wasted any time. We are truly getting to the point and doing it in like a really visually pleasing way. My gripe is that the sound bites that we're getting and the scenes that we're getting 
are a little too transparent for my taste. Whether they're transparent in that the things that were being shown and the conversations that are being had are things that are going to play out. For instance, in the first five minutes, we see Ua and we see Luvu both having separate conversations. And from those conversations, it's like, hmm, I think Brad's kind of on the outs. And then we switch to the blue team and it's like, hmm, I wasn't so sure about Nasir, but he's being really helpful. But I'm still not sure about him. I don't know. It was just, it was a little too... Here's what we're showing you on the nose. Thank you, Aggie. It was like, here's what we're showing you. Do you hear? Do you hear the conversation that's happening? What if these two end up being the next ones to go? Obviously they were not, but I don't know. Something about it was too much like, and here's the scene and here's the conversation. That might be a personal thing, but it it happened a couple other times within the episode that I was like, I get that we probably have a lot of new viewers, a lot of younger viewers, like not everyone is keen on the subtleties of television. But for me, this episode just felt really like transparent in setting up certain things, even things like talking about a swap and like, what if a swap doesn't happen? Well, maybe it could. And like, I don't know, it felt very calculated in a way that I just wasn't anticipating. Um, So that's my takeaway. All right. Well, I'll share my thoughts next. So I thought it was a good episode. I feel like my main takeaway was just like still trying to get a sense of like, what is this season going to feel like? Like, I feel like we learned this week, we're still going to have random unexpected twists. You can still lose your vote certain ways. Like, I'm still just trying to figure out what is this going to really look like? Um, And to me, it felt really short. So I'm just like, Uh, not that like what happened in that episode like I don't know it felt like a lot but also not a lot at the same time I don't know like I feel like Yasa is the the tribe we saw the most of or like the tribe I learned the most about which obviously since they went to tribal it makes sense but I just feel like if you ask me right now like what's something that happened with Ua I mean yeah yes they were the very first scene but like I don't know it wasn't that memorable I think I'm just still trying to kind of get accustomed to a live season and a new season and just, you know, all this stuff. But over, I mean, I watched it twice though. Like it was good. So those are my thoughts. Nick, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, not to repeat what everyone else has said, but I have very similar opinions. I really agree with you, Anna, that it felt like the editors were spoon feeding us what we needed to see. And it, as someone who has watched all 40 seasons and like such a huge fan it felt insulting like I was like low-key insulted watching this episode a little bit because the way the editors edited it was exactly how it played out and I was like wow thanks for taking away all subtlety but then in my mind I'm like okay well maybe like they're doing this for the new people but then I'm like I don't really care about the new people like don't take that away from your old viewers but I will say they did have me fooled at the vote. That was the one time that I was fooled. Um, Maybe to a point where I was frustrated. I was like, wait, to I the point no like, you told us everything that's going to happen. And now I feel like I don't know what's going on. Rude. Yeah. The most insulting part, and this is going to be my Jeff needs a vibe check. And it might still be the most insulting part was Jeff's deadpan to the camera. All right. Tribal council. What are they going to do? Go with the brawn. Go with the brain. Let's find out, guys. I'm like, Jeff, oh my God, no. We're getting to the point where Jeff talking to the camera is not fun. It's annoying and he needs to stop it. So that was my TMA take of the episode. 
Okay. Yeah. I think, I feel like we all had some different thoughts, you know, and I feel like it's just so early that we're trying to kind of get the vibe of the season, but all right. We, as promised last week, since we, we, you know, we talked a lot, we couldn't get into the fans have spoken. So we're going to respond to a few today. We're again, not getting to all of them, but you know, just keep sending them in. If you didn't hear yours today, send it in for next week. The first one was from Cezo Ramble. And they said they are rooting for Evie and no one else. <laughs> and, you know, we're definitely going to talk about Evie, but I guess I'll just see, does anyone have any initial thoughts about, and I think this person actually sent it before this, ep- I mean, they did send it before this episode. So that was based on either just the promos or episode one. So any thoughts? I really do like Evie. I'm excited to watch them throughout the game. I will say this episode, I think they made a big mistake in their game. But who knows? It could get turned around for us. Like, we don't know for sure. For me, they made a mistake and it's not the route I would have gone. But I do enjoy watching them. And I think the way they are calculating this game, the way they're thinking about it, like the way Evie talked with Deshaun and was very calculated in the lies and the truths that they told him was very interesting to watch. So you can tell that they are a calculated player but I do think they made a couple mistakes this episode. So I adore Evie. Evie was my pick at the end of last week. And I, I do think after episode two, that is intact. I kind of agree with you, Nick, that like some mistakes were made, but personally, it's that dichotomy of Survivor where it's like, it's only a mistake depending on how the rest of the game plays out. And I think so much of that conversation that happened is like, okay, well, what's going to happen like down the line? If we merge, if we swap, can we work together? So I think more than a mistake, it's just one of those moves that has you thinking, oh, is it going to pay off for them? Or is it not? In which case, then it was dumb. More than anything else, though, I was just surprised. And this has me a bit worried for the overall arc for this season is we saw so much of Evie in episode one, which I loved. And we also saw a ton of Evie in episode two, which I'm nervous about. Because if we get too much, I'm like, then we're flying too close to the sun as a prominent character. So I'm just a little bit wary of that. But I would go so far as to say... I don't disagree with you that some of the things that were shared were mistakes. I just think it's too soon to make that judgment call because if it works out, then it's a great move. If it fails, yes, a mistake. Yeah, I pretty much echo both of your thoughts. Aggie, do you have anything or do you want us to get to the next fans have spoken? I think for me, Evie is not someone that I am fully like rooting for at this point in time, mainly because I think she's playing fast and loose with her game. Do I think she's a strong player? Absolutely. But I do think she's playing a little fast and loose. I don't know, again, like this is episode two. So I don't know from watching her whether or not that's going to pan out or if it's going to go poorly. I, I can't predict that. But I do think she's playing fast and loose and that makes me nervous. But love that she's a queer woman on the show. Appreciate that about her. All right. So the next fans of Spoken was from Avocadlin. And they said, maybe the monsters are the evil twists. So like, because, you know, Jeff kept saying the monsters come in or something. And now we've seen like a thousand twists. <laughs> so, you know, I hope that's it because I don't want it to be like another edition. I don't want at the merge Jeff to be like, oh, by the way, there's a monster at your camp. <laughs> so I hope it is just the twist. But what do other people think? Um, the monster is Boston Rob. <laughs> Could you imagine? Unfortunately, yes, I can't imagine. That's the thing. Like, I was like, I just thought that. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, they wouldn't. Would they? 
Jeff said that they're not bringing back people from season zero, like one through 40 anymore. But yeah, he's still up. These two seasons have already filmed. And I feel like Rob's just like the golden child. So. At this point, Rob is going to take over for Jeff when Jeff leaves. Oh, he could never, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Has Jeff mentioned the monster even but once since like no. the episodes have aired? Because it was in the teaser trailers and like the, the previews, but it, it has not been mentioned. So I'm like, was it an afterthought that when they were doing the promos, they were like the monster that when they filmed the show was not like conceptualized yet? I thought the same thing, Anna, but then I was like, that seems like lazy for Survivor because they think about everything. Yeah. So I'm wondering if like at the merge it comes up rather mm-hmm. than like post, but maybe that is what he means. Like maybe he also could be using it as a monster of a season sort of like situation, which is not like, that's not a real monster. I think he was also in his descriptions in the previews being like the game is so fast and like if you're not moving with it like it'll like catch you like a wave or like a big shadow so like is the game just the monster in that if you're not five steps ahead it will swallow you whole like what that's what's the vibe I feel like that could maybe be it (laughs) they haven't mentioned any real like imminent threat Mm -hmm. so it's like Jeff you can't introduce an imminent threat in episode four Exactly. I need to know what's happening from the jump. Yeah, I don't know. It does seem like it's been forgotten a little bit. So we'll have to see if he makes any more direct references to it. So we will see. And then our final fans have spoken for this week is from Ashley DeVore95. And they said, curious about audience interaction with Jeff. I don't know exactly what that is, but what do you think? It could be a number of things. It could be like, Nick mentioned in his initial thoughts, like we're getting a lot of Jeff talking to the camera. We are, of course, getting that game within a game. Go online, do a puzzle, get a video from Jeff. He is, although not enough, interacting slightly on social media. Like he did a TikTok live the other night. So it depends what the question is asking of like which specific thing. But I mean, personally, like he's doing his best to connect with his audience. I don't think he's doing the greatest job especially because he's such a proponent of like we want the young kids and I'm like Jeff you're not hip with the kids you're just not but I do appreciate that he's like trying to be a voice with the fans um do I think he's doing it very well not entirely but I appreciate that he's trying I actually low-key enjoy the game within a game but I want to talk to Jeff about the difficulty of the word scramble. Stop telling me they're hard. You gave me ESE. It was like, what word is this? And I was like, C, there's only one option. There's literally only one word you can make from those three letters. He's like, I felt like that was kind of a tough one. I was like, Jeff, don't, don't insult my intelligence this way. But I really like the little other puzzles. Nick and I get them together. Like I get half of them and Nick gets the first part. Or How cute. It's adorable. <laughs> I like them. I haven't decided if I like Jeff's audience interaction yet. I don't like the breaking the fourth wall at all. I don't like to bring the fourth wall. I can't decide if I like, because like Anna, like you said, like it's cute. Like his like inability to use social media. Like, oh no, you were like, at least he's trying. At least he's trying. Like to me, I'm just like, there's no excuse to not be good at social media. And so I'm like, you're trying and you're failing. And it's literally like, it aggravates me. Maybe not the problem is like, because he's the face of the show and he's the one people want to see, they can't just put like a young social media manager who I'm sure they have. They can't be like, hey, you make the TikTok. So it's like, hey, Jeff. But what they could do is hire him an assistant or hire him a social media manager 
and make but that I, what I'm saying is I think he has one no I know then they need to fire that one and get a better one because like it's bad I I get it he's not of the social media age but your show is or your audience is and so you need to be better at it this is the world we live in and so you need to be good at it or your show will fail not that I think Survivor is going to fail. Not that I think Survivor is ever going to like truly go off the air. I think it's too much of an American staple at this point. But like, it's not going to grow and be as big as it once was if you don't continue to bring it into the new age and like interact with people. And like, that's like what you need social media for. And so like, although like the puzzles and the game within a game is fun, it's weird to go to a separate website. I wish it was like posted on TikTok, like you solving this puzzle, like, what Taylor Swift did with like her red album word scramble when she announced like Taylor's version of red. Like, I wish that that is what we were doing because it would feel more with the times. But I mentioned this last episode, like that's just my opinion. That's just like how I feel. No, I agree with you. And like, I think we mentioned in an earlier episode, like Love Island, which is also a CBS show, had an entire app where within the app, you could like watch extra clips. You could vote on the instances when it was time to vote. There was extra content. And I thought that worked really well. So like, why are they not doing that when it's literally the same parent company is confusing to me? Yeah, I do think, Nick, I feel like they're going to have to start interacting more in like a fun like Love Island type of way or something. I think with Paramount Plus, it just seems like there are so many opportunities for that, which this actually leads me to kind of a follow-up question because I think we all read those articles leading up to the beginning of this season where, what's his name, Mike White, like consulted with Jeff and was just like, is this going to be fun? And then Jeff like scrapped it all and was like, we have to make it fun. That's like the word. So my question is just, do you guys think it's fun so far? And I will just start and say like, I don't really feel like it's more fun than any other season right now. I know it's early, but I would say no right now. What do you guys think? I think I would agree with you if I'm interpreting the things that they think are the fun correctly, those things I am not finding fun in the way that I think they're intending. Like, yeah, the game within a game puzzles are like, I guess I enjoy doing the puzzle. I wouldn't call it fun. All the added twists, I wouldn't call them fun. I'd call them confusing and a lot so far. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if fun is the word I would use, but like I'm having fun with you guys talking about it. So is that what they meant? I don't know. Probably not. Anna, that was like exactly what I was going to say. Like, I'm having fun watching a live season of Survivor, but I don't think the things that they added to the show have made the show more fun. Honestly, like if you've been fans of us and listening to us, you know at this point that all of us are kind of over the multiple twists. So like, honestly, right now, like it's just getting to a point where I'm like, stop. I'm having fun watching a live season. I don't think the twists are adding extra fun. With that said, these twists could work out and be amazing. They could give us some great moments. So I like, I'm not like saying that they're all shit. I will save that until we, our last episode. But like, as of right now, they're not adding anything. To it. I'm not not having fun. I just don't think I'm having more fun. Okay. So one of the reasons I don't watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette as like avidly as I used to is because I feel like the editors, producers, and creative team underestimate their audience in terms of either intelligence, social awareness, or whatever. They're like, they're dumb. Like people are dumb. So like, we'll give them this like baseline version of a show 
because that will hit the most people in the easiest way and give us the most easy access. And I actually think that is working to the Bachelor franchise's detriment. Like it's working to Bachelor Nation's detriment because there are like people amongst those fans who want more and expect more and are not being given it. This is not that, but I think you could say that like a word scramble of the word C, that's not realistic for me to feel like I'm playing survivor in the moment and is a little bit like you underestimating your audience. A majority of the people watching this season, Jeff, are 40 season fans. Have you gained viewers? Hundo P. But have you like gained more than half? No. So the fact that you're saying like, this is us like making it more fun for the viewers. It's like, make it hard. Most of us want to be on the show. And you know what? If we were on the show, I wouldn't be unscrambling the word C. I would be unscrambling what's it called with all the fixings in an absurd way to make you cry and lose your mind because you're heat, you're, it's heated and like it's so hot and you like haven't eaten in four days. Like, don't give me the word C and pretend it's going to be difficult for me. So I think that would be my only like caveat addition to this conversation is like, don't underestimate your audience because we've been with you for 40 seasons. While there are new people here, you also need to give a nod to the fact that people have watched for 40 seasons or 20 years, some people, and we're, we're smarter than that. Just treat us that way. Cause like if you're doing it for the fans, like that was the theory. So you maybe aren't. In conclusion, we're not having more, we're not having more fun. We're still going to watch. We still love it. But like, we're In not. conclusion, we're not having fun. Stinsley, <laughs> you savage bitch. <laughs> so we're not having more fun. Yeah, everyone. We started off by going, in conclusion, we're not having fun, and I almost shit myself. Back to you, Stacy, in the studio. It's like, in conclusion, we hate it here, but not really. We love Survivor. It's just like the buildup, and when he was like, I scrapped the whole thing because Mike wanted me to make sure it's fun, and then it's kind of like, well, I mean, we're still waiting. We're just waiting. So, okay. We've already spent more time than I expected on these first few things. So let's talk. I mean, this goes along with it, but we can talk about production. I just had a couple notes because I feel like they continued with those flashback kind of things where you like see a scene from someone's childhood or like, you know, hear their parents talking or something. So it seems like they're going to continue it the whole season or at least till we get to know the players maybe. Um, And then, yeah, I just thought there were like some different editing moments that are just different. For example, I don't know in the most recent seasons, did they do the whole cold open thing where it literally doesn't even say like any, like there's no flashback at all. Or did I, I don't remember. It's been so long, but like, I feel like they're just starting right in a scene so I don't know I literally said oh thank god we'll get a previously on and then we <laughs> we also first? didn't get like they didn't start with the previous like the fallout from the previous tribal like it just wasn't yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we one, thought we had missed something we were like yeah. oh, should, oh no that's the beginning okay the one thing I'll say on production and then I'll let Anna and Aggie go because I know they have a lot more to say but the flashbacks I'm get, are getting kind of cumbersome I'm kind of over them And like for those fans of good television, AKA the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team, they do those. And it's so often that it takes you out of the show that's actually happening. And it feels like you're just watching the get to know yous. And I don't need that necessarily in Survivor. I didn't mind it so much the first episode because it was like, oh, I'm getting to know you. For some reason, it annoyed me in the second episode. That's all my production notes. I feel like from previous episodes, 
I know that Nick doesn't necessarily love an emotional backstory. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. Emotions are for ugly people. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's not for you, and that's okay. I personally very much enjoy it. I like that we're getting that additional context when people are talking about their background. I don't think it was overkill. I think there were a lot of people who we didn't necessarily get to meet in episode one. In this second episode, we saw like Deshaun's photos when they were doing the walk and he was explaining his life and why he's there or whatever. Um, I don't remember the details. Sorry. But I do. Okay. We'll talk about it in a second. I can add color to (laughs) this in a second. Like, I don't recall us getting that from him in episode one. So I don't mind that we're still getting to know people. And I think as a device to get your audience to sympathize further and to connect on that deeper level with the players, I think it adds a lot of value. And I like it. I like to know where they come from and what their struggles are. I thought it added some color to Deshaun's story. I didn't feel like I got to know Deshaun. Maybe the reason it felt a little bit out of place in episode two is normally we only get to know the power players in episode one and then we just kind of move on and don't really get to know anyone else because they're all going to go home before the seven people we met on episode one. And I actually think whoever's here, they're letting us know more about them, which I appreciate. I think good storytelling is storytelling that takes into account a lot of different aspects of this story. And so I think That is a conscious choice by production to include more stories, which I think is an admirable trait. Now, are you going to make me attached to someone who's going to go home in two episodes? Because then I'm not like, then I'm going to be upset. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll be like, oh, you know what? They were really great. I'm sad they're gone. But like, I'm not upset that I met them. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I think they're doing a good job. I'm not, I'm not pressed about it. I will say, assuming that there's going to be a loved one's visit we're gonna all like if y'all aren't crying this time after we know all this background on them we're gonna be invested when i tell you i need loved ones visit though because covid oh no we will (laughs) wait but can i talk about how much i love deshaun and his like story about how he was like made fun of as a kid for not being smart and he was like I'm going to become a fucking doctor. And then also I'm black. So like, Hey, just so you know, I'm doing this because also black medicine is just like not thought of in the same way. And like, I just felt like that wasn't okay. And I was like, fucking go Deshaun. I'm right here with you, man. Go the fuck off. But okay. Any other thoughts on editing though? I don't know if there are any other moments that stood out to anyone. I like that we're getting some of those weird slow-mos still. Just like visually, everything looks really good. And I've been watching, like Jeff has been posting, Jeff, I put Jeff has been posting in quotes. Someone on Jeff's behalf has been posting quite an extensive amount of behind the scenes footage Mm -hmm. this season. I don't know what shifted where they made that decision to be like, we're going to post, you know, the crew and the camera. I don't know why they're choosing to do that, but I really, really like it. And so he's been posting, Survivor's been posting a lot of content on Instagram and TikTok, wherever, talking through the process of like, oh, we just finished filming this scene. Like, here's where the crew goes next. We've got this camera up top. This was shot with a drone. So it's, it's, I think it's really fascinating to get that perspective because you really, when you're watching it, are just like, this looks great. And then you start to understand how many people are there and what kind of equipment they're using. And it's insane. I love it. Yeah, this actually reminded me that I think it was for season 39 or 40. On Jeff's Instagram, he would have like almost like a Jeff's take on the episode after each episode. And I liked it. I feel like he needs to do something like that if he's trying to engage more. Because I actually remember thinking those were very interesting. He would add his own perspective. Okay, but let's go ahead and talk more about kind of, I mean, we're not going to like recap 
you know, everything that happened in the episode, but they were pretty intentional about like showing each tribe and like showing what's going on with them specifically. Let's just talk about the three tribes, how they're doing right now. Ua, which is the green team, they're at the very beginning. Brad is hiding. He goes and hides by the water well because I think two other people were talking about him or he suspected they were. So, he, you know, almost pulls like a Tony-esque move and it's like, I'm going to go listen. And I feel like that was the, that's like what I remember about their tribe, honestly, from this episode. So I don't know. Anyone else have thoughts on how they're doing? Um, Not like how they're doing. One, Stacey, I said the exact same thing that he was basically just being Tony. But also the surprise that Ricard and Shan are, they're each other's number ones. Because last week we were all like, oh, Shan and JD are each other's number ones. But then like Ricard and Shan had that moment in the water and I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 no. It's you two who are like the true two of that tribe. Go off. I'm about that alliance. Yeah, that's true. It is those two together. And I mean, I don't know if Brad is like, he seems a little paranoid about this, but they were talking about him. So Brad might not be in the best standing right now. Then we have Yasa. You just, you see from the start, like Tiffany is talking about what I brought up last week of them not having any rice at all. It seems like she's already pretty exhausted. And then honestly, I'm kind of like surprised that Xander was already looking for advantages or like looking for an idol. I mean, I know someone's always going to do it, but I just feel like he was sitting pretty, or I thought at the start of this episode, like he's doing okay, but he goes out, finds the advantage. And then he's telling all his people about the advantage and like exactly how it works and all that stuff. So I personally thought he told too much. Maybe tell one person. You don't also have to give them all the details of like the phrase and all that. It just seemed like a lot. Um, They also knew that he wouldn't have a vote if it didn't work out. It just seemed like they had a lot of knowledge on him um, that they could have used to vote him out. So what did people think about Yasa of this episode? Stacey, I 100% agree with you. I think he gave them too much information. I think he was right to think he needed to rely on his alliance. But I think by telling them the stuff about the phrases, like Evie also, again, we're going to talk about it, but she's playing fast and loose and she gave all that information to a whole other tribe. Like Xander, you can't trust people that much. That is arrogant and going to blow up in your face. This tribe was like stressing me the fuck out. Tiffany is like, after the immunity challenge, she's like, okay, fine. But then she starts to freak out and you're like, girl, calm down. And Xander is just like, I don't have a vote. And the thing that stressed me out the most too is he knows that you have to say this ridiculous phrase. He has to say it at every immunity challenge. And everyone looked at him like it was crazy because no one else has even looked for an idol. So he might have a vote never. Like he might never vote again. That's not great, man. I mean, the good thing for Xander is at least Deshaun knows, but it's like, you need two like people from each tribe to know. Cause I bet Deshaun is now going to look since he knows there's like a three-way idol, but like they still need all three before he can have his vote. If I were Xander and I'll be curious to see if he does this, but like, I wouldn't say my phrase anymore until somebody else says theirs. Cause you know what the other team's phrases are. Yeah. So like yeah. he said it the first time, nobody responded, meaning nobody else has it. So I wouldn't say my phrase again until I hear another person say it. I don't know if he's that smart. Only time will tell. I'm going to go back to two things that I have already said in this podcast. One is the level of transparency that we're seeing. Because to me, the whole like Xander's getting up and searching for an idol. It felt very like, hey, you guys are sitting at camp. Why don't you go like look for an idol on the part of maybe one of the producers? And then 
I think it's really convenient that Xander was the one to find the idol because I think he's the only one naive and for lack of a better word dumb in the context of the game enough to be sharing the amount of information that he has shared and so I'm like did production kind of help him navigate that so that he's the one to find it so that he's the one disseminating that information but the other point that I made about you know is this a risky thing to do only if it doesn't work out and then to go back to things being transparent we heard so much within this episode of sharing information is this going to be beneficial what if there's a swap what if there's never a swap and to me the only way I could see this being successful is like there's a swap and all of the people that have this information from Xander end up on different camps and they can find the idols work together because everybody's in the loop of what's going on that may be being a complete optimist about what we're being shown and trying to figure out what's going to happen. But I don't know, those two things combined with like what I've already said about the way that this episode was edited just makes me feel like that is potentially a direction we're being led with the clues that we've been given. Um, but at the very least, I, I, I think it feels a little bit forced that, oh, Xander found the idol and he's going to tell everybody. I want to play Xander advocate. I think he told people that he truly thought he was in his alliance with. Mm-hmm. I think he trusted Evie and Voce. Like, I think he fully trusted them. And like that, I think that speaks to Evie as a player that they were able to form that strong of a connection with him to make him believe that. He was just like, I need to tell my alliance because I don't have a vote anymore. And like, they need to help me and we need to figure out our next plan going forward. It sucks that he got played so hard by Evie because Evie truly fucked him over. Now Deshaun knows Deshaun's for sure is going to tell people on his tribe. And like, it sucks. Like I I feel bad for Xander. I get what you're saying, but yeah, he trusted those people. He felt like they should know. I To me, it's just because like, they already know about the thing last week. I'm just like, do you just like share everything immediate? It's, and because to us, it looks immediate. Of course, it could have been more like spaced out or thought through, but I'm always just like, it's almost like I just want him to know you don't have to, but then if he still chooses to, that's fine. And I'm like, just so you know, you don't have to tell them. <laughs> so. I do agree with you. I think he trusted them 100%. And if he knew I can't get out of this scenario without telling them about this. Like I cannot tell them we have the votes and then it's going to be a split vote. That wouldn't be fair to my alliance. So I 100% agree. I definitely think he trusted Evie and Boche like 100%. I wish he had said something like, hey guys, I found this thing called the beware advantage and it said you can leave it or you can open it, but it comes with a risk. And the risk was I now have lost my vote until everyone says these phrases at, at whatever. Or something like that to be like, I have to earn my vote back without telling them it's also an idol. Because I think the idol aspect made people have a little bit of like mania and just be like, oh my God, Xander might have an idol. Or I don't know. I don't know if there was a way for him to get around it, but I feel like if he had shared part of the truth, I don't know if that would have worked. I don't know if they would have pressed him for more information. Evie probably would have. So he probably would have had to come up with a pretty significant lie. Because, like, I don't know if it would make sense to just be like, oh, you just, like, found what you thought was an advantage, but actually it's now a detriment. Like, you have to say, like, why it was an advantage, you know? And it's like, I think, like, that's, like, why he came across like that. Don't say it was an advantage. I feel like there was, I don't know what season, but there was one where someone just, like, something was hanging down and they pulled it and it was just, like, a bad, like, it was only bad, but I forget. Yeah. I think you're right, Stacey. No, I mean, Tony 
got placed something in Winners at War, but oh. that's because somebody gave it to him from Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. From Edge of Extinction. Yeah. Well, I don't think anyone's ever found correct us if we're wrong, slide in our DMs, let us know. But like I don't think anyone's ever just been found something in the woods and have it was just like bad out of nowhere. So I think that would have had to be a pretty significant lie. To, but like, also this is the season that. where you could use that. Jeff yeah, said, like, drop the four, keep the one. Like, who the fuck knows? That could be the monster they're fucking talking about. There's disadvantages <laughs> in the woods as well. Make up a fucking lie. <laughs> yeah, but would people have believed him? Uh, they seem to be believing fucking anything. Yeah, and they don't believe, believe the truth when it's the truth. <laughs> like, but I mean, like, they believed him about this though because they sh- he showed it to them. And yeah. if it's really just a disadvantage, they would be like, why can't you show us the thing though? I mean, like, why maybe. can't you show me the parchment that it's on? I think lying about the fact that it's just a punishment creates a lot more room to poke holes than he did. We'll never completely know the best option, but I will say that I think Xander is getting bribed to say the phrase, it's a whole new game, drop the four, keep the one. He has said it more than anyone else. And maybe they're like, we'll give you this advantage if you say it. Like, I think there's a deal going on. No one else has said it or they haven't shown anyone else saying it. So Xander, tell us what the deal was, please, when you aren't under contract <laughs> anymore. Okay. But that's, we see, we spent a lot of time on this um, tribe because I feel like they had the most going on, but let's also talk about Luvu. Um, to me, the biggest takeaway with them is that Nasir, they like had a newfound uh, respect for him and value for him because he is like the most comfortable on the island as far as like providing, you know, helping them get food and all of that. So that was my biggest takeaway. Any other thoughts on that tribe? They were irrelevant this episode. Weren't they the first one to finish at the challenge? They're the like first every one to time. Finish, and the things that we were shown of them was nothing. So like they're successful. They're getting along. Period. Thank you and good night. No drama. So okay. Um, let's talk about the well, I feel like we've already talked about this twist. We can, okay, we'll talk about the uh, so the two twists were the three-part idol. We already pretty much talked about it with the catchphrase. But then also the prisoner's dilemma is just continued after the challenge, but with two people. And it's like, if you win, you get to choose the two people that go. And actually, Deshaun chose to go even though they won. So like, he didn't have to go. So what did people think of this prisoner's dilemma continuing? Because I thought it was a one-time thing, honestly. (laughs) I was pretty surprised to see it twice. So what did y'all think? Yeah, same, Stacey. I really didn't think we were going to do the prisoner's dilemma every time. I, I don't think I want it, TBH. Going back to the conversation of am I having fun? No, no, I don't need that every time. It's unnecessary. I think the only way it could be interesting is if it's a la token chains where you're taking someone with you to exile and you could make like a bond. Evie, I think, is at least taking advantage of that in this moment with Deshaun. But again, that is two different ways you can lose or keep your vote that we saw just this episode. I didn't think we needed this many like lose, drop, add a vote situation scenarios. But I thought Evie was really smart to be like, hey, I need to protect my vote because I'm about to go to tribal. But if you want to risk yours, like you will definitely get an extra vote because I'm definitely protecting mine. I thought that was a smart way to like use that as a bargaining chip with someone else. Like, and then he was like, I'll, I'll owe you one later. And she's like, ah, yeah, like, that'd be great. And I was like, oh, that was actually pretty smart of them. So. Yeah, I agree. I thought it would be, or I, I hoped it would be more in the spirit of Ghost Island where we're still going somewhere, but the, the actual challenge and the outcome is maybe different. 
But I agree with you, Aggie. I think seeing it used as a bargaining chip in the way that we did adds an extra interesting layer of like what it could be used as. And also just the concept of like, okay, after every challenge, there will be this opportunity to more or less just hang out with someone from another tribe. And again, if and when there is some kind of swap or merge, that is going to add such an interesting dynamic of like, okay, a lot of these people will have met and spent a minorly significant amount of time together because they do show up and there's that sign that's like, take a walk, get to know each other. And it's that emphasis on get to know each other that I think could be really cool to watch play out midway through the season when these people are with more of each other. That's true. I think it will come in handy down the road. Okay, well, there's one challenge. I mean, Aggie, I feel like you're kind of the best at like describing a challenge because all I wrote was crossing balance beam, swimming, puzzle equals fishing gear. So you might want to describe it. Stacey, that was pretty much it. You basically got it. I probably wrote slightly a little bit more. Correct me if I'm wrong. The first person swam, swam to the end to get the key and didn't have to do the obstacles. And Jeff said they're getting an advantage, but it wasn't just that they got the key. Okay, Jeff was just making it sound more complicated than it was. Sick, love that for us. So the first person went, got the key without going on the obstacles. Then two of them had to do the obstacles, which were just like Stacy said, a like net crawl and a balance beam and then swim to the platform. And then they had to do a puzzle that was a turtle. So cute. I was like, that is the cutest puzzle we've ever had on Survivor. Let me be clear. Um, and then Luvu crushed it. And the other two teams had to really duke it out for second place. But Stacey, weren't you so excited that there was a second place option? I actually was. That I was glad that isn't staying the whole time. Yeah. I was stressing me out. I was like, I can't ever be on Survivor now. Like my whole strategy is gone. And I was glad they also got some kind of food related prize. They really need food. Let's see. Okay. So yes, that was the challenge. And you know, the notable things are Tiffany really brought her tribe down. She really struggled. I can't, I, I'm stealing this from the Speaking Llama podcast because Alex said Tiffany was trying to be Suri and like, you're not Suri. That was not your Suri moment. <laughs> like, we're not like here cheering you on. We're just like the person who went after her did so well. They actually had a good chance and Tiffany brought them down. Um, but yes, that happened. And then yes, Luvu came in first and Ua came in second. So that's pretty much it. Okay, let's go ahead and go to tribal council and then we'll kind of wrap it up. So this actually maybe was the most interesting part to me because, you know, leading up to tribal council, it seemed like Xander was going to be the, the pick. And I was honestly like, that's smart. I know they need him for challenges, but like, you know exactly where he stands right now. This is probably the best time to get him. Um, then Tiffany gets a little panicked and is like, what if his idol does work and he didn't tell us the full truth? And so still though, I thought Tiffany was going home. Like, I just, I don't know. I just, either way, I, Boche was never on the mind. <laughs> so, so yes, I'm just curious. What did y'all think of the tribal council? I mean, we know that it started with Jeff, uh, talking to the audience. Save it. Cause it needs to be discussed in vibe check. Can I talk about how Jeff in the game within a game week one, because now he does this stupid thing after the word scramble. Sorry, Jeff, where he goes, let me give you a scenario from next week's episode when I haven't watched this week's episode. So I'm like, wait, Jeff, I don't know what you're talking about. But last week in the game within a game for week one, the question after the strategy test, as he calls it, vibe check that shit, Jeff, don't call it a strategy test. What the fuck are you doing right now? Anyway, 
sorry. I was, that was rude. And that was you're, aggressive. you're very aggressive right now. <laughs> but the strategy test was, would you allow your name to be the name being thrown out? Even when you know, you're not going home because you have three people voting a different way. And I had no idea what he was talking about. It's like, whose name is getting, what the fuck? And then I watched this week's episode and I was like, oh, he's talking about Tiff. But was it a mutual decision for Tiff's name to be the other name? Like, I don't understand what he meant by that. I don't think Tiffany's name is a decoy. I think she just did shit in the challenge. Yeah. I, like, I was like, Jeff, I don't think this is a valid question. Like a reflection upon the game within a game. I was like, that's not what happened here. She was on the chopping block because she was bad in the challenge. It had nothing to do with anything else. Like, what? Anyway. I, let me tell you, I loved Voce. I was team Voce. I enjoyed him. Same. Now, granted, it makes it so that a female presenting person could win, which like, let's fuck it up, Survivor. It's been far too long. I still, you know, things could go the way that we talked about last week with like people of color being there, women being there. Like it could still end up that a straight white man wins, but our foot's in the door a little bit more, friends. Maybe foot's in the, door a little the bit white more. man will be gay, which makes it okay. I would be okay with that. We haven't had a gay winner since Todd in season 15, so. We haven't had anyone but a man since 34. So, like, one of the gay women can win. Yeah, one of the gay women. Can we have that? I would like a gay man. I would be fine with a gay man, too. But that's not what we're talking about. I think my thing with the strategy of sticking with Tiffany and, like, creating that alliance, like, Evie and Liana, I was fine with that strategy. I was like, yes, do it up. Have that alliance. Stacey, they were kind of talking about like what you talked about in episode one of like how in Big Brother, all the black people came together and they're like, no, this has never happened. We need to sit together and do this. The female presenting people did that this episode. They were kind of like women always get the shit end of the stick when they partner up with men. So we should partner up together. And I was like, yes, love that. Go for it. Like, yeah, sure. Tiffany's shit, but it's fine. You had that strong bond. But then Tiffany went insane. And her nerves got the better of her. And in that moment, I was like, no, you get rid of Tiffany now. If you are going to do that strategy, you need to have that trust with each other. And it's clear that Tiffany doesn't trust them. And like that Evie and Liana feel a certain, like that they have to give in more towards Tiffany. I think that's where their mistake was. They didn't see the weakness of Tiffany not because of the challenge, just like mentally her paranoia was too much for her and they still went with that idea. I would slightly disagree because I think they very much recognized Tiffany's faults with her paranoia and her weakness in the challenge and they acknowledged that like they might as well keep her around because in keeping her at this tribal council, she still trusts them and like she's not a threat. Like, they, they very much do not see her as a threat. So, like, as paranoid as she's being, I don't think now would be the right time to cut her off when you could literally save her, solidify that trust because her name was the one on the chopping block and say, see, we stayed with you, fully knowing that, like, she's never going to be a challenge beast and she's not completely thinking rationally about the game. So, like, I, I saw it more as, like, okay, Tiffany's not a threat. We have her on our side. Why would we get rid of her now? But then still, why did we get rid of Voce? I was about to say, all that all that said, it's still like, why did Voce have to me, Like, well, because of Tiffany. Uh-huh. That's the thing, because in order to be with Tiffany, they had to vote with the way she wanted. She's 
I just like, I think you should have gotten rid of her. I think that was Evie's big mistake this episode and like Liana too. I mean, like we always say like people like that aren't a threat. I mean, like, like as much as I hate the season, like Karishma in season 39 was the same way mm-hmm. and bitch made it to like top six, didn't she? So like clearly not being a threat is a threat because everyone drags you along. And so like, there you go. It did. It just seemed like it would be really smart to get Xander out. I think, yeah. Sorry, Voce, <laughs> that you had to go. All right. We'll just go ahead and switch to Castaway of the Week. So this is, you know, last week we talked about who kind of caught our eye at first as potential to even win. And so, of course, that might change every week. So we're going to go ahead and share ours for this episode. Anna, I think you're first. Go ahead, Anna. Uh, Mine's easy. I think I'm going to stay the same. I'm going to stick with Evie. Despite my earlier comments about how much we've been seeing, which has me hesitant to say like, oh, Abby can make it to the end. Just, I don't know. I don't get a fully confident vibe about that, but I know we talked about some of the mistakes potentially that were made in episode two. I don't necessarily yet see them as mistakes. So I'm sticking with Evie. All right. One for Evie. Aggie, who's your castaway of the week? If I'm just picking someone that I like very much enjoyed and I think might be useful, I might switch to Deshaun just because he now has a like thing with Evie. Because if a swap is coming, if some sort of change is coming, I think he could become someone who has information that could be helpful. Even though Danny, I do think is still like always gonna be my number one. He's just so solid and like knows what the fuck is going on. But I think I'll switch to Deshaun for this week. I also like was all about him telling me how we need more black men in medicine. Like I was like, yes, go off, sir. So like, I'm going off feelings, not about winning. I don't know if he'll win. I will quickly say I liked that he like volunteered himself to go because I'm just I don't know he just he was just like I have to see what's up there and now he has yeah and now he's like in a good spot okay Nick who's your castaway of the week similar to Anna I'm going to stick with my week one pick of Ricard I think although we didn't see a lot from him what we did see was very good we saw that he has a strong second person. Also, like, I watched him during the challenge, and he's a, he's strong in a challenge. Like, he was very good at that puzzle. Basically being like, JD, get away from me. Let me do it by myself. And because, like, JD kept on fucking it up, and he was just like, JD, stop touching the pieces. This is me. And, like, did the entire puzzle and, like, basically made sure that they didn't go to tribal. So I'm sticking strong with Ricard. Always bet on gay. We love that. We also found out he's friends with Kelly Wentworth. So like- We also found out he's friends with Kelly Wentworth. Then honestly, if that is not more on brand for me, I don't know what is. <laughs> like, can you really go wrong with that choice? No. Okay. I'm sticking with mine too. I'm sticking with Shan. She's in the alliance with Ricard. And I just feel like she's still, I just feel like she has this influence. Like people are going to tell her things and she's going to be smart with the information. So I'm sticking with her. But time will tell. We'll see. Well, it is time to vibe check Jeff. And I feel, I know like, who was it? Anna said she already has one. I definitely have one. I'm sure you two have one. So Anna, I'll let you start. So mine is, I think when they get to the challenge and Jeff does his usual, you know, checking in with everyone before they begin, before they know what they're playing for. Um, And he goes, they all come in and he goes, how you guys feeling on day 50? Uh, I mean, five. Teehee. He doesn't say teehee, but the teehee was implied because it was just cringy and I hated it. How you guys doing on day 50? Uh, I mean, five. Like, no, it's just day five. Like, what? We've never done this before, sir. 
What are we doing? Anna, he's trying to show us that the pace is fast. Yeah, I get it. But like, we, he's, you know what I mean? Like he, he was going for the fact that like on day 50, you'd actually be hungry, but it's only day five. So like, oh no, like on day what have we done to us? I didn't care for it. Drop the four, keep the one, Jeff. Not my favorite version of Jeff. I'm just <laughs> this this Jeff that's in a silly, goofy mood is not for me. <laughs> this is not a jokey matter. It's not a jokey matter. <laughs> well, I guess Jeff is having fun. We're not, but he is. <laughs> so. <Question> answered. <laughs> Like he took it, he thought it was just like a personal thing. He was like, oh, Mike White just wants me to have fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is it. Okay. I actually messed up the order. So now I'm going to go. My vibe check is, I didn't notice this at the challenge, which Anna was like, oh, I noticed it at the challenge. But at tribal council, where was his voice? And why did, like, normally he will say like, Sorry, guys. I feel like there was a season where he was kind of like, sorry, guys, about my voice. This time it was just like no acknowledgement, which I mean, hey, you can keep your health information private, I guess. But like we've waited 18 months for this season. He's built it up so much. And he wasn't like resting his voice, like drinking hot tea. Like he wasn't preparing for this. He doesn't have to talk that much. Like he has a few moments where he needs to talk. And I'm going to feel really bad if like we find out he was really sick or something. We're going to have to like <laughs> delete this whole episode. Wait, Stacey, can I just, can I put a, put a thought out there? Yeah. Um, so I rest the whole summer as a teacher and don't speak. I just sit in my house and do nothing. And when I go back to work and talk for two weeks, I lose my voice immediately every year. Oh. Not fail. So it's almost like that, like, it's almost like Talking. not talking. Like he's he's yeah. not trained to yell. Also, uh, he didn't lose it until after the challenge that he was just screaming. He was at. screaming at people. So, like, I think that was that. That was my vibe check. We got was- back to Jeff screaming at challenges. Like, so loud. Like, so loud. It, like he was screaming at the Yasi tribe. Yasi. The worst tribe in Survivor. Yeah, you're terrible. And I was like, it's episode two, Jeff. Episode two. I mean, he said Yasa has been a disaster in challenges this season. And technically there were three. And oh, remember, oh. they were the team that couldn't even find their paddles. He's not wrong. I, yeah, but like it's, they couldn't leave but the marooning. I don't like when he screams that at people because I'm like, you're telling them that they're terrible, and it's like that makes them worse. It was it was a lot, and it, if the result is going to be you can't talk at final tribal, which is really when we like kind of want your commentary, then we got to find a new system. I would say, you know, he's rusty. We're, he's getting back in the swing of it. Aggie, what was your vibe check? I mean, we already kind of vibe checked Jeff for like breaking the fourth wall and being like what will happen it's tribal council it's either loyalty or (laughs) fucking tribal strength and I was like yeah that's I think Anna where I was like it's too on the nose but my actual vibe check is for production and they're next week on survivor clips Mm -hmm. that's nothing please stop just don't even give me a hint that we're having an episode next week. Let me be surprised because you're giving me absolutely nothing it's four three second clips and then they go see you then and it's nothing why even bother showing me this i don't want this you get random information from the jeff clip in the strategy portion of the game within a game of being like would you do this and you're like so that's happening next week great thing well yeah he goes this comes up in next week's episode and i'm like i don't want that i would like a cute little moment with a soundbite 
It's not that difficult. Anna does it for us every week. I mean, it's probably hard work, but Anna does a soundbite for us every week when we have a new episode, sometimes twice a week. It's, it's the ability we have, and we have chosen not to do that. We've chosen to say next week on Survivor, lines will be crossed. Three clips, we done. And I'm like, that's nothing. A lot I, of times it's just a picture of Brad and his big face. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I think that maybe that's what, like, I couldn't, I didn't know if it was the intro or the ending that just doesn't feel the same. Both of them and- are wrong, Stacey. Vibe check production. Both of them are bad. So there we have it. Okay. Let's move on to our final segment of rapid fire. We have what four? Okay. The first one is with the hidden advantage situation that Xander had, if it was you, would you have one? And it said, like, if you open it, this could be a disadvantage. Would you open it? Nick? I feel like you kind of have to, like, I feel like you're on survivor and you find an advantage. Like you, you just kind of have to. I don't know though, like he went looking for something. I don't think I would have gone looking for something yet, but I feel like if you find it, you have to open. Uh, Aggie, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. Based on the way this season has gone up until the point that I found that thing, I've probably been like, nah, I'm good, fam. I probably would have just put it back in the tree. I think if I'm going to win Survivor, the risks I take is going to be on alliances, not on stupid things that Jeff has hidden in trees. I I honestly think I wouldn't be a good risk taker in the game if I were to ever play other than like risking the fact that I have to trust people. But I don't think I would be someone who's like, he's like, okay, first one to get here gets an advantage in the next immunity challenge. I'd be like, I'll just try and win this one, Jeff, which would probably, I don't know if it would be successful, but I think that would be my way of trying to keep paranoia at bay. Too many things could cause me to like change my game too drastically Again, I, I wouldn't know what was going to be in the envelope, but if I opened it and was given what he was given, I would freak out. I'd be like, shit, I don't have a vote. Now I really have to trust these people. Like that would put me on a, my, on my heels in a way that I, I would not like. So I probably would be like, you know what? It's going to come with some sort of like strings. Would I have maybe tried to get someone else to get it? Like lead them to water and be like, oh my God, let's go looking for an idol. Oh, you happened upon it. Wow. Oh my God. What is it? Maybe, but I don't think I would have opened it myself. Sorry. That was not rapid. I saw. I love you, Aggie. That might be the least rapid one we've ever had though. I have to say (laughs) in all our season, in all our episodes, but Hey, you know what? It's a very, um, it's a, it gets you thinking it's a critical thinking question. So it's fine. Okay. I'm going to just go the complete opposite way and just say, I would have opened it. I just would have opened it. Okay. Anna, would you have opened it? I would have, if only for the screen time. Oh, you okay. open that advantage. You are, you're getting some scenes. There you but go. I am curious. Like, could you get someone else to open it? That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm not going to open it. Somebody better, but then they'll get my screen time. Or will you share it? Also, Stacey, you're muted. Good, because I would have accidentally interrupted Anna. So, okay. So next is, who would you have voted for if you were on the Yellow Tribe in this tribal? I say, of course, it depends who you are in the tribal, but I say Xander. I would have voted for Xander. I think it was the perfect time to get him out. Nick, what about you? Tiffany. That's all That's all I got to say. She was terrible in the challenge, and she's way too paranoid to be any use for you. You're muted, Stacey, if you're trying to pick the next person. I keep hitting the thing. Okay, Anna, who would you vote out? I think Xander as well. And especially because if you want to make the argument of, oh, he's going to be stronger in challenges, I think someone says out loud, we're not winning challenges. So 
you know, that argument only goes so far. So I'd vote Xander. And Aggie. Uh, <laughs> this is why I can't play Survivor. I, I would be in the voting thing for like 20 minutes. I think realistically, even though I like Xander, if I were playing with Xander, I think I'd have to take the shot at Xander. Just because you know he doesn't have a vote. Like that is the only time, unless he doesn't have a vote again next week and you're back at tribal. But it's kind of like, imagine if Ozzy, there was a moment in before merge where Ozzy was fully vulnerable because he didn't even have his own vote. He would be gone, I think, actually. No, I was like, I don't think so. They always had plenty of chances to get rid of Ozzy. They never took them. But I think with these players, like how far we've come as like people who are showing up, I, I think I would want to take the shot at Xander just because it's probably one of our only opportunities when we're in these small groups and these small numbers. I also am very interested to see like what happens to Xander's advantages if he goes home. Like, does he will them to someone else? That's true. Also, there was no um, shot in the dark need or no one like thought about using the shot in the dark this time. Um, okay, the final question is was submitted by our very own Nikki Mouse. <laughs> I don't know the numbers of her Instagram, but Nikki Mouse. Nikki Mouse 411. 411. Okay. And I, yeah, I haven't even thought of a response yet. But the question is if you had to create a phrase instead of that whole butterfly thing <laughs> to say at the immunity challenge, um, but just like a funny random phrase, what would yours be? Nick, I'm going to assume you have one. Right? I do. And credit to Trixie Mattel. I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw Denise Richards again. <laughs> My Drag Race fans, y'all will get it. Y'all will get it. But that is just the perfect phrase to just throw out in any conversation. I've done that when it's been completely silent in my office at work. And I've just been sitting there like, you know what, y'all? I wouldn't be surprised if we never saw Denise Richards again. It's just, it's just a fun thing to say. <laughs> uh, it, I'm not not laughing because it's not funny. I, I'm very focused. and trying to figure out what I'm trying to find one. I know I don't have one yet. Anna, do you have one? I have one. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote our good pal Bryce Isaiah. And I think my phrase would be Jeff Probst smells like a cucumber. <laughs> Just slip that in, see the reaction. Because I will say it doesn't seem like Jeff is aware of the twist and the fact that the phrases are being said. And so if you watch him, he's just sort of like, uh, okay. So I, I'm excited to see more of the phrases be said so I can watch Jeff's reaction because I don't think he's looped into the whole thing, which is incredible. Honestly, I hope that's true. Aggie, I think you and I both don't have one. Um, I would want to make mine like low-key political, like tax the rich or something. Ooh. <laughs> I could work that into any conversation. So, or like everyone deserves free healthcare. <laughs> I would love to say that at the beginning of every fucking challenge. I would say it at the beginning of every fucking challenge, just so every single week it was on the television reminding people we don't have free fucking healthcare. Anyway. Cut this from the podcast. It's too much. I actually think yeah, that like, doesn't need to be cut. It's like AOC with her statement thing, you know? That's what That was my inspiration. Uh, okay, I dang it. I just had mine. Uh, I was too absorbed in Aggies and now it was good you're welcome (laughs) oh I know now okay I would make it some like poetry line (laughs) that like is somewhat like 
there are certain poems I'm not even into poetry but I feel like there are some poems you should have learned in school <laughs> like we had to like recite some so it'd be like like you should know it and maybe you can like work it into something by just being like I just have this poem I really want to share but if you don't know the whole poem and you just have to read the line it just makes no sense so mine would be um and I took the one lost traveled and that has made all the difference because it's like like do you know yeah, that poem? yeah it's like it's well known enough you know so yeah I would do a poem line I think that's a great idea. And the other two need to finish the poem. I forgot there were two other ones. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Okay. That's all for this week. So we're done with episode two. We will see what happens in the third episode, but thank you everyone for listening. And we have a lot of podcasts coming out. So just stay tuned to our social media and our podcast page. And that's all. Come back next week to see if we now are having fun. <laughs> yeah, then. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Escaping Reality. We are so grateful to have you all in our podcast fam. If you liked this episode, make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow for new episode notifications. We love interacting with you and we want to hear your take on the season. Slide into those DMs at Escaping Reality Pod on Instagram or tweet us your feels at ESC Reality Pod on Twitter. Go ahead and hit us up. If you're a Survivor alum, we'd love to chat with you about your experience or any of your Survivor feels. Reach out to us on Instagram or email us at escapingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for escaping reality with us. Thank you.